and welcome to AFL Bay Dummies, and let's discuss the weekend that was. Five games this weekend were decided by a goal or less. The first of them was Richmond surviving a late charge from Geelong, with Gaz missing a late chance, alike to me missing a train. <laughs> Hawthorne effectively knocked Essendon out of finals, their guns turning up to Bruce the Dons. McCluggage and the Lions nearly sent North packing in their mixed day in Brisbane. <laughs> It was a case of Crouching Tiger hitting Jenkins for Adelaide in their showdown win over Port. Buddy became the first player to have walked out of a hospital and into kicking six goals against an underdone Collingwood backline. Jason Johannesson jumped like a Jaguar into the jugular of the Jittery Saints. The Jacks less jovial and more of a joke. Carton went back to being awful by proving they couldn't beat 16 GWS players, let alone 22. Melbourne beat Gold Coast. Andrews Gaff will see him spend ages on the sidelines. I'm hoping it'll be seven weeks so he can be ready to go for the Saints in round one next year. And that is the weekend that was. Welcome, Lachlan Ross. St Kilda's not getting Gaff. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you have a highlight for us from the weekend, Lachlan Ross. My highlight for the week um, has to be we went to the Richmond-Geelong game, both of us. And it's not even for the fact Richmond won. It was more just the atmosphere there. It felt like a finals game. Um, you thought Richmond had put away the game early in the fourth quarter and then Geelong came charging home. And I'll tell you what, it was loud. Like, it, that just reminded me of all the Richmond finals last year that I went to. And it was great to be out of them. And I'm looking forward to September. And I think a lot of us are. Yeah, I loved the game. I was also at Hawthorne Essendon on the Saturday as well. Um, both crowds, about 70,000 um, between two sides that, you know, roundabout finals, contention, um, and, and are both pretty good sides. And it's great. It's just watching two good sides go at each other in a, you know, basically fully packed MCG, massive crowd with real stakes on the line as well for both sides. Um, Yeah, absolutely with you. Absolutely loved it. So we're going to get into our first joke for this week, and this will be me. So try not to laugh too hard because we all know how outrageously funny. Oh, yeah, that's always a problem, isn't it? (laughs) We all know how outrageously funny. Oh, my God, you should give me an idea for my segment next week. Here's my joke, and this is how not to laugh at all the shitty jokes I make, (laughs) terrible jokes I make. Um, I'm going to be talking about Andrew Gaff for my joke um, to start. So Andrew Gaff, as we all know, punched Andrew Brayshaw in the head. And we'll be spending a large amount of time on the sidelines. So I thought, you know, if you're going to spend the next two months on the sidelines, however long it's going to be, why not use that time effectively? Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be wasteful if you just, like, sit down the whole time and, you know, play games and stuff. So I've given him a list of ideas that maybe will inspire him to use his time on the sidelines more effectively. So one of the things that people always say when you're bored, learn a language. So if Andrew Gaff can learn a language, then hopefully he can learn to apologize in as many languages as possible. <laughs> I don't even think that'll be enough. No, I, I don't either. But, you know, give it a try. He's going to be spending a lot of time in sidelines. Maybe he'll even have enough time to do what most people do, go back and get a university degree, right? I was thinking potentially in something along the areas of how not to punch someone 101. But, you know, there's, <laughs> there's options there. Oh, I was going to go the complete opposite approach. I think he should go after a boxing career. <laughs> There's potential on that as well, not going to lie. Um, um, you know, they say learn a musical instrument. That's like one of the, that's one of the big ones. Um, I, I had a few options for this one, but I decided to go for the bagpipes. I reckon he should learn the bagpipes. That way um, it'll make it easier for him to understand why everyone hates him so much. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and finally, um, what they often say is if you're bored, um, go out and just like go for a walk, you know, go, 
have some atmosphere, go see outside. I was thinking he could go for a walk, preferably down to the police station so he can get himself arrested <laughs> for assault. Um, but, you know, anywhere I'll do. Anywhere will do. So, yeah, that's um, you've got a bit of time on your hands, Andrew Gaff. Feel free to take any of those recommendations on board. Uh, you seem to have one yourself. Well, I think you've forgotten the obvious one, right? Oh, really? What? What is it? Well, he needs to, you know, train, do lots of training whilst he's gone, but obviously not of the footy variety because he's not going to play for the rest of the year. I was thinking it'd be handy if he uh, learned how to become a dentist <laughs> and, to help, uh, and then he actually did the operation on Andrew Brayshaw. <laughs> That's like his penance. Just to spend the next 10 years of his life being a dentist before he can go back to being a footy player yeah. again. <laughs> what are we doing with this match review thing? No, punishments. <laughs> That'd be great. I'd really like that if they handed that out at the tribunal tomorrow night. Yeah, exactly. No, I thought the boxer initially, but then dentist. No, I, I think either of them would be a, uh, pretty applicable. Um, Both anyway- of them will be a knockout. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm glad that one's over. Um, it's time for your stat. What do you got for us? Come on, educate us about the weekend of footy. Oh, I'm not going to educate you about the weekend of footy. This is going to be about this whole year. Oh, wow. Fact. So I'm going broad, but uh, don't get your hopes up too much. All the education. What do you got? So this week, they the AFL released some startling numbers, which actually gave me a hope for the game. So there's been lots of talk, as we both know, about the state of the game not being preferred and, you know, how it's affecting fans sort of thing. Well, the AFL hit a million members this week. So out of all the clubs, a million members. Now, Richmond's got 10% of those, but it's the first time the AFL's ever hit a million members which is just unbelievable. It means that one in 24 Australians are an AFL member. Do you know what's the worst thing, Alex? You and I aren't members. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. In In my defence... Sorry, let's let's each of us make our defence. I reckon mine's going to be considerably stronger than yours, but you can go first. Uh, I'm an MCC member, so I pay to go to AFL games anyway. Um, So I support in a different way. In my defence, I support St Kilda. <laughs> yeah, I thought that would be your defence. <laughs> um, I don't like going to their games. <laughs> yeah, but last year you could have been a bit hopeful for the year ahead. I, I went to a whole bunch of their games last year. I yeah, so about... at the end of last year you were a little hopeful. Yeah. So you would have bought a membership for this year. Yeah, I was going away this year though. I spent a Fair. couple months in Europe um, and I work on Saturdays annoyingly, which means I miss a bunch of the, because we're not a blockbuster side, I miss a bunch of the Saturday afternoon games, which is sad. Um, in saying that, I really am not that keen on giving that much of my money to the St Kilda football side. I don't feel like they deserve it at this point in time. No, and I don't think Richmond needs my money. So <laughs> I think we've both got solid defences there. Um Interesting, interestingly enough, 16 of the 18 sides have increased their uh, memberships from last year, and 13 have hit all-time highs. Wow. Carlton ha- isn't one of the teams to go down. I cannot believe that. Carlton increased, and I believe Carlton now has more members than they've ever had, and they're literally at the lowest of lows. I'll go into it. We'll both go into it later probably at some point, but, I mean... That's unbelievable. So 13 of the sides have hit record highs. Collingwood went down this year. Yeah. Interesting, that one. 
It's almost like their best players aren't playing every week. I, I would genuinely love to know what the Collingwood Football Club thinks about that and why they think that is. It's the 18th consecutive year of growth for AF, the number of members that AFL got, and I just think it's an interesting little take on it all that the game is still growing. However, I do agree that we are at very much at a crossroads at the moment in the game, and the AFL's got to make some big decisions in the next year on a whole plethora of topics on where this game's going to go for the next 10, 20 years. Very interesting. Some some decent numbers there. It's time for your joke, though. What do you got for us? Give us some giggles. So Alex Johnson came back this week, as well, we that's know. That's no laughing matter, so I don't see why he started with that. <laughs> do you know how many ga- days it had been since he played his last game? Um, I probably wouldn't have known a week ago, but given how much time I spend watching football media, I'm pretty confident that it's 2,185 because they repeat it every 10 seconds on any football show I've seen. I've got 2,136 here. Oh, okay. I might be wrong. It was around about that. 2,100 and something. Yeah. Anyways, it's in the 2,100s. I'm pretty confident, but we'll just go to be safe. 2,100s. Um, you know, since he's, since his last game, he's had 12 operations on his knee. Wow. 12. That is... Yeah, no, that's a lot. If um, anyone wasn't aware, that's a lot. <laughs> As someone who's dislocated my knee four times and still hasn't had a single knee operation, that's a lot. Yeah. My knee gets sore sometimes as I bang it into the ground. <laughs> so I th- thought this has been a really long time and, you know, the obvious thing we should do as a podcast is inform him on what he's missed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what has he missed in the last 2,136 days? We've had four prime ministers. Really? <laughs> We've had four prime ministers since Jeez. he last played a game of AFL. <laughs> That's an average of one every 500 days. That's not... That's not, That's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> I believe in that time America's had two presidents and we've had four prime ministers. Yeah. No, not a fan of that. What um, else? Hugh Greenwood, who I don't know if you know, but he has a basketball background. Uh, he debuted. I just thought that was an important piece of information. <laughs> you suck. That has no relevance to this joke whatsoever and you just threw it in for cheap laughs. No, it's the most important thing. If you watch any game of Adelaide playing AFL, it yeah. would come up. I'm informing him of all the important things, Alex. Relax. Um, Americans now play AFL, in, in case he couldn't figure out on the weekend, that, that they're is, playing on Mason Cox. <laughs> that is very interesting. They two, are, two Americans playing for Collingwood on the weekend. Yeah. They're very tall as well. Funny, Well, though. one of them is very tall. Um, Carlton are still terrible. <laughs> <laughs> nothing's changed, then. Yes, nothing's changed. I, like I said, very important thing to let him know. Um, this one's a little less relevant. He's got he's built this one up. He's built no, this one not. up. And it's gonna be such a disappointment. <laughs> um so this one's a little less relevant. Um my love life's still a shambles. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing's admittedly, changed in that we regard had either. Le- admittedly we had less expectation five years ago. <laughs> but still I think it's an important thing he should know. Now this one um I'm sure will make Alex Johnson very happy. Um but they changed the rules so that you can't pl- take a player's knees out anymore, which is really handy for everyone because it's kind of hard to run without knees. <laughs> <laughs> As Alex Johnson knows all too well. As he knows way too well. And uh, the last one, and by far the most important one, obviously, uh, hush money. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pretty significant last few years, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, I actually had more things to add on that list, but I just couldn't talk about it. <laughs> Uh, were there any um, incentives that were provided to you to ensure that you couldn't talk about it? 
No? no none whatsoever. And any of those nondescript incentives come from the Fremantle Football Club? Fremantle? Why would you assume Fremantle? Yeah, I reckon there's something suspicious going on here. Anyway, um, lovely bit of humour from you there. It's now time for my stat, and um, I'm not going to lie, this is mostly just going to be venting. So, to kill the player on the weekend... Yep. That's not venting. <laughs> I'm oh, gonna no, we'll, up, we'll get to that. I'm going to look up the definition of venting, <laughs> but I don't think venting has anything to do with five seconds of radio silence. Give free expression to a strong emotion. You made your point. We'll get to the venting. My point being is that St Kilda does not deserve anyone's time, and yet because I care so much, I'm going to devote my time to it anyway. So, St Kilda kicked, um, what did they kick? Nine goals, 14 on the weekend, as they lost the Bulldogs by 35 points, um, which, if you can do some basic maths, if they kicked 14-9 the other way around, would have been a lot more interesting of a game. Mm. If St Kilda weren't playing, it would have been a lot more interesting (laughs) of a game. Can't argue with that. Um, so let's talk about St Kilda's accuracy. They are the second worst side for accuracy in the competition behind only Gold Coast. That's how you know you're really not doing too So good. you're the worst AFL team <laughs> at accuracy <laughs> yeah, in the league. Yeah. Um, when your company is Gold Coast, you're not doing too great. They have kicked, um, on average, each game this season, 10 goals, 12, um, 72 each game with an accuracy of 42%. Oof, that's not good. Um, Gold Coast is eight goals ten for an average of forty percent, which is not good either. The season average for the competition is twelve goals eleven, forty-seven percent. So, fair bit higher without being astronomical. All of the good teams go at more than fifty, for the record. Just letting you know. Um, but I want to talk about specific games because it's not just that St Kilda missed shots; it's that they missed shots in games that they were in. So I have found seven different games where St Kilda has kicked more behinds than goals and lost by less than 40 points, right? Seven different games plus the draw against GWS. In those games, they have kicked nine goals, 14 in on the weekend against the Bulldogs, 8-13, and then they kicked 10-13 in the draw against the Giants. Now, all they need to do is win six of those eight results instead of the draw that they've gotten from those eight results and instead of being you know an atrocious side which they are right now they're average well you'd have the same number of wins as adelaide yeah um so that that would put them at 10 wins and that's not a ridiculous ask i feel to convert six out of those eight opportunities into results in games that they were absolutely in if not the better side in which is it is so incredibly infuriating for me, and I can imagine for every single St Kilda fan out there, but um, if you didn't think set shots are important, people, yeah, accuracy kills you as it has turned this St Kilda side this season from an average side into being awful. They're dreadful, and they, did, they don't deserve any more time, so let's move on. Yep, because we all know what really matters is the scoreboard. Yep, that's the reality of it. With the uh, that stat I provided you last week which was very interesting. Um, let's talk about our discussion this week. And um, this one comes from you. You have a bit of a problem with the AFL. Well, so we had on the weekend one of the best rounds ever. It was actually, as you said earlier, five games within a goal, which is the highest ever. Now, we haven't had nine games on a weekend forever, so it is a little bit of a unfair stat, but it is what it is. Um, so... The round was marred, I think, by two incidences. So one of them was obviously uh, Gaff, Gaff's Gaff, as you put it. Um, 
but we've already talked about that. The other one was the goal review for Jenkins' goal um, that essentially put Adelaide in front. Now, before I start, I just want to say that I, obviously that goal review, whether it was behind or not, uh, or a goal, didn't change the outcome of the game, right? It's just one decision in a million. So, I mean, I'm not going to blame the loss on that, but the whole idea of having the review system in there is that it gets the decision right. The whole idea was it was initially brought in to fix the howler and just the howler, but these days it's used to fix everything. So if it's going to be used to fix everything, then it needs to be capable. You look, I'm just going to throw it cricket is the best example of this, right? They could have just used it to get rid of the howlers, but now they have their own review system in it. And the equipment that they use for these reviews is comprehensive. They've got the Snicko, they've got the Hotspot, they've got just about everything that they could need to make... Ball tracking as well. Ball tracking. They've got everything that they could possibly need to make the most correct decision every single time. The AFL doesn't have that. The AFL is not invested enough. And this is what I talk about in terms of the crossroads. They have to decide if they're happy with this happening. Because Josh Jenkins said it was a behind. And after watching it a few times, you can see the ball spin kind of change after it hits the post, which really isn't 100% conclusive, but it's conclusive enough if you didn't have to overturn um, an umpire call to say that it was a behind. But to overturn it has to be 100%. And if the goal umpire can't 100% confirm it, then we don't have, then we have either got to be happy with the state of the game, uh, the state of the video referral as it is, or we've got to upgrade it. The AFL has plenty of money to do that. They've got a huge broadcast deal. If they really care about this video referral system and they want to make it work, this is the best way to do it. Imagine hotspot on the behind posts. Yeah, or um, one of the commentators raised the idea of um, in cricket you have the light-up bales. Um, you could just do something like that on the... Yeah, but unfortunately, the, like the a, with the a lot of the ones that only just go over, um, players will be bumping into the yeah, behind Yeah, I'm, I, again, again, I'm not... These aren't perfect. We're just like... Whereas I think hotspot could genuinely work. Cause hotspot would be very effective as well. Um. There are so many different things that could be added. So I I argued that if the AFL is going to use it to make every decision correct, and that's what it seems its goal is at the moment, not just to fix the howl, it's to make every decision correct, then we have to properly invest in the right equipment to ensure that something like that doesn't happen in a final. Because if that something like that happened in the final, chaos would go. It would just... Uh, even a grand final, like it would just be chaotic. Um, the backlash on social media would be ridiculous, and arguably the, well, more than likely the person inside the box, the review umpire, wouldn't be at fault. He wasn't at fault on the weekend. If I was in his position, I'd make the exact same decision. But it, the, the letter of the law. Well, the truth is, it was a behind. Um, and I mean, if the AFL cannot comprehensively say whether it's a goal or behind and they want to comprehensively say that for every decision, then the system has failed. I'm in the same camp as you and I think most people are in this camp in that um, there's a de- there, there looks like a deflection, but I do not blame the umpire at all for looking at that and deciding that there's not enough decision to, uh, not enough information to overturn it. Um, I 
totally agree with you in regards to upgrading the system. I think it's an absolute joke in that regard of how half-hearted it's been done. Um, and I think there are sub- several things like Snico that could be, or, you know, whatever, you could add in that would be so much more effective in what they do. Um, I also think that it's an absolute joke that they try and review balls touched off the foot. Um, that's crazy to me. The whole point of this was a um, for the goal line. Um, they didn't want to review every single umpiring decision. Otherwise, we may as well just watch have the umpires watch the game through a screen and then pick out the free kicks from there. Um, like They're missing, I think, a fundamental point of it in that regard. But the one point I really want to address is the idea of like backlash. Um, and that's in regards to if somebody makes a mistake. Now, everybody mentions this, that if what if this system makes a mistake in a final or a grand final day, then everybody will realize how significant it is. There'll be a massive backlash. If there is a contentious call, there's going to be massive backlash anyway. Doesn't matter whether or not there's technology involved. Doesn't matter which way it goes. That's that's what's going to happen. So let's say let's say we have this technology, right? And let's say there's a decision that's made by the umpires on field that is probably in. So in like we forget, right? Because the the technology probably made the wrong decision on this one, but the umpire on field still called it a goal. So if we had not had this technology in the first place, it still would have been a goal. So all we did, all this changed was that. Instead of it being a goal from the goal umpire, it was a goal from the goal umpire checked by somebody else who said, I don't have enough evidence to overturn overturn this. You can stay with your decision. Now, of course, that's not going to get rid of all of the decisions, but it might get through some of the hours. So whilst I think, yes, there are some easy ways to help build and make the system better, I think it is still, to some regard, achieving its goal in eradicating the howler. Okay, yes, it is eradicating the hell. I can't argue with that. But if you had that exact same scenario, Josh Jenkins snap, happen on a grand final, I mean, the it's going to be called, it's going to have to be called a goal. Whereas if you have a hot spot, that will appear on the post. It's just meant to because it's hit the post. And if it doesn't appear on the post, then the evidence is conclusive. The problem with camera angles is there's nothing conclusive. Conclusive. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, there's nothing conclusive about a camera angle when it's only finely touched. Whereas it, you've, we've seen it in cricket. It doesn't matter if it only just flicks the bat. Something will appear on hotspot. And if it appears on hotspot, it's enough to overturn the decision. Yeah, I think we can both agree that technology definitely needs to be improved. And the AFL can definitely afford it. No one's doubting that. Um, I think... I, I have more satisfaction now than you do with the state of it. I mean, but if it was me, I'd definitely be investing in it as well. But I, I don't think it's the end of the world in how it is. I think it's still an improvement than what we were at before. And that when these things happen, if we reduce the error rate from, you know, 10% to 8%, then I'll take that. Okay. That's true. But we've had this implemented for six years now. That's how long it's been around Wow, it seems like two years. <laughs> yeah, so it's been around for six years. So I don't mind that the first couple of years it was a little problematic, but like six years in and we're still having just general use problems as well, uh, not even from that one on the weekend, just taking too much time because the camera angles aren't very conclusive is problematic. Yeah. Um, so it's not where I, I think it was designed to make 
the game more conclusive. And they, I think it's achieving that a little bit. Yes. It's Not achieving, as much as it should be, but it is a little bit. Yeah, and I think all the fans are really asking is to achieve it more. No, see, that's where I disagree is um, you and I can both quite easily agree that, you know, they should really invest more in the technology to make it better. But a lot of the um, reaction I see on social media is not a, wow, we've got to invest in the technology to make it better. It's a scrap the system. And I don't think we should scrap the system. Neither. I absolutely think the way forward is using this. But I, I, I think a lot of people are saying scrap the system and we shouldn't. We should invest more in it. Yep. Because the only way the decisions are going to get quicker is if it's easier to make the decisions. And I think that's one of the big problems with it. Yeah, I, I do agree with you in that regard. Another intense discussion out of the way. We're now going to move on to your absolutely world-famous segment, Lachlan Ross. This is Punching Down. This is Punching Down. Now, Gil, the AFLW has up until now been a revelation, I think. Would you agree with that, Alex? Yes. Um, Both seasons thus far have seen memberships and attendances rise, and whilst it's not perfect yet, the AFL has done a pretty good job with it. Until now. This week, a proposed suggestion for AFLW3 was shortening the season from 8 to 6 games, despite increasing the number of teams from 8 to 10. You know what that means? The AFL is literally just using the AFLW as a marketing tool to fill 6 weeks that the men can't. That's just foul. How can you honestly expect us to believe that you ca- genuinely care about the women's game when you do stuff like this? Daisy Pierce rightfully called it a gimmicky tournament, and I tend to agree. But it gets worse. In defence of this, Gil came out and said, the World Cup goes for four weeks, and I don't think anyone's calling that Mickey Mouse. Oh boy. <laughs> now where do I start? Do I mention that the World Cup is only four weeks to accommodate for the leagues around the world that most importantly are the backbone of the sport? The AFLW is the backbone of its own sport and as such should be as long as possible. Six weeks season does not cut it, Gil. Do I mention that the World Cup is a tournament as well? Tournaments aren't meant to last as long as leagues. Maybe it should be called that AFTW, the Australian Football Tournament Women, or short for AFTWA. And I know you're probably all thinking now, that doesn't make sense. Well, neither does what Gil said. That doesn't make sense either. Show some respect. The women are trusting you guys to turn this into a professional league. And so far, you're not giving them any confidence whatsoever. Not good enough, Gil. Secondly, earlier last week, BT attacked Boundary Rider commentators as the past, as the weekend previous, two had shied away from what can only be described as torrential weather. I know how ridiculous that you just get out of what can only be described as horrific. It's just unbelievable. Don't even get me started, Alex. But you know what I like, Alex? It's having your work colleagues' backs. Just like when they're in trouble, having their backs. It's just an interesting way of forming human relationships. I I don't know. I haven't tried that, though. So, uh, anyways. Now, yes, the Boundary Rider can provide a unique look at the game. But the last thing I'll find interesting is the near hypothermic shivering voice of Cameron Ling as he talks about wet balls. <laughs> oh, that was that was too much. I was not ready for that. <laughs> BT, 
You couldn't even take that cold look Nankervis gave you a few weeks ago. So what makes you think you could survive in sub-zero temperatures? I think not. Now, Carlton, we know you're bad. Very bad. Very, very bad. But we didn't know you were this bad. When a team is smashing another team, usually the team getting smashed has a more admirable last quarter to just show that they actually are an AFL standard team. And I put that in quotations. However, Carlton decided to lose the last quarter seven goals to one. But this last quarter was a little different to most last quarters. Because Carlton didn't lose seven goals to one to 22 GWS players. Or 21. Or 20. Or 19. Or 18. Or 17. No. They lost to 16 players. We talk about how much of a difference only having two on the bench makes. How about having two less on field altogether? And you still lost by six goals. This, I think, is even more embarrassing than their 52 games without scoring 100. This also reaffirmed my strong belief that Carlton's worst enemy is itself. <laughs> that was punching down. A lot of punching. Less jokes. I, I enjoyed all the punches. And there was one joke that clearly stood above the rest. I very enjoyed that. But, you know, keep throwing your fists and maybe maybe one day you'll hit something. And, uh, Alex, did you have a segment called Beef this week? No, I didn't. Not yet. I, I'm hoping to bring it in sometime <laughs> soon. Riley Beveridge, fucking get on it. <laughs> and now we go to our journalist with all their scoops. This is our award-winning journalist. And by award-winning, I mean he watched Callum Ward win the disposal on the weekend. Tom Cruiser. Welcome to AFL by Dummies News. Today, brought to you by Andrew Gaff for all your punching needs. Our top story tonight is the AFL proposed rule changes. While in a sick twisted twist of fate for the AFL, the, the week they trial the proposed changes in the VFL is the same week that five games are decided by less than a goal. That's some top-level karma for giving us the Rock nomination rule AFL. However... Even after seeing an extended goal square and starting positions, Gillian McLaughlin has come out today and announced a new rule. The rule has been dubbed the equalisation to end all equalisations. Now, much like the Melbourne Cup, each team, depending on its ladder position, will have a certain number of players in the field. In a press conference this morning, McLaughlin has told AFL by Dummy Studios that we have secretly tried the new rule change, but it didn't seem to help. So we probably just need to readjust our formula. We just weren't expecting that Carlton to be so bad with two extra players on the ground. Now, according to AFL House, the rule will take into account how bad a team has been historically, as well as its current form, ladder position, and whether they have Levi Caswell playing. The AFLPA was not pleased with the first draft of the rule change, however. But after much deliberations, they came out in support of it. President of the Players Association, Patrick Good at Everything Dangerfield, said in a press conference that there are still 22 players on the field, so even if you stay on the bench the whole time, you still get a premiership medal. Earlier iterations of this rule kept the bench to four, uh, which changed the fabric of our game, so we asked it to keep 22 aside. Now all that remains is getting the old white men in the AFL media landscape to get used to the fact that this game evolves and changes. And then we should have everyone on our side, Dangerville said to an old white male reporter this morning. Anyway, back to you guys in the studio. That was a lovely bit of mint chocolate from you there, Tom. I'm keen to see if we get a little bit of that rum and raisin next week. (laughs) I'm feeling a bit of rum and raisin. What are you thinking, Chop? Definitely rum and raisin. Definitely rum and raisin. 
And now we got to do our tips. Because you are very confident about who's going to finish in the final eight. And I'm just waiting to see you be proved very, very wrong. Well, it's important that the team, eight teams I predicted to finish inside the eight should finish inside the eight. Saying that I get all my tips correct. So how, they won't. How many did you get right last week? I think by our count you got... Five. Five. Those three games are pretty important as well. Hawthorne, Essendon, Sydney, Collingwood, Adelaide, Port Adelaide. All three very important games in shaping the eight. I think what I'm saying is that just ignore us. I don't know uh, why we bother doing tips. So on Friday night, uh, Essendon's playing St Kilda. <laughs> uh, Essendon will win this game. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. I'm not spending any more time. Now to an absolute blockbuster of a game. Now to the blockbuster on Saturday afternoon, a game that I'm far more invested in. Uh, Hawthorne, Geelong, 5th v 9th. Huge finals ramifications here. Do or die again. We have another one of these games. Um, winner of this goes through for one week longer, and you'd think the loser of probably season is going to be in a lot of trouble from here. I'm really torn. I, I see a lot of potential in both of these sides. I'm leaning towards Hawthorne. I'm going Geelong, so that works out really conveniently. Gold Coast are going to get absolutely annihilated by Richmond in the next game. Nah, it's going to be like 30 points. You reckon? We're not even going to care. Gold Coast would love to win this. This is so the sort of game they'd try and win. Where's Carmichael Hunt at these days? They should bring him back for a reunion game. So Port Adelaide's playing West Coast in a blockbuster Twilight game. They keep throwing out these blockbuster Twilight games. (laughs) What? Seriously? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Does anybody like look at 4.30 in the afternoon and go, you know what I feel like right now? A blockbuster footy match. No. But why did they have the showdown last week in the twilight? I get that it's not two Victorian teams, but as a footy fan, I'd love to watch Port Adelaide and Adelaide at each other's throats. That's entertaining. Absolutely. And both of these sides, Port Adelaide and West Coast, played finals last year and will be probably playing finals against this year. So They had a great final last year at this venue. Probably a little bit of a screw-up there from the AFL and their fixturing. Um, in terms of the fixture itself, I'm backing in West Coast. I'm backing in Port. And we all know how good you are at tipping. Collingwood hosting Brisbane at Etihad Stadium on Saturday night. I'm just waiting for you to tip Brisbane. I know. I was going to tip Brisbane as a joke. (laughs) No, I'm going to have to go Collingwood. But I tell you what, if Brisbane won this, Collingwood has suddenly gone from top two aspirations to they're probably not going to make the eight. Yeah, this is a big shock game for Collingwood if they manage to lose this. But I think they'll be too strong as well. The Giants play Adelaide in a game in which... I've argued to you previously, if Adelaide managed to win this game, just maybe their season's alive. I don't think any people are giving it any chance, but I think it is still a little bit, so I'm going to back in Adelaide. This is in Canberra. It's like GWS's, like, it's not just their home ground, it's their fortress. It's no different to North Melbourne and Tasmania. It's not just their home ground, because it's not actually their home ground. Point taken. Um, GWS is going to win this regardless of your antics. Anyways, to uh, the blockbuster Sunday, which we all know is just, you know, full of great clashes from last week. Um, North Melbourne Western Bulldogs could actually be an interesting clash now that I think about it. Really? Because I don't care. Cool. North Melbourne. Uh, sure. I'm, I'm, I will cop not getting a tip right on that one just to prove a point. Fair enough. Uh, Melbourne, Sydney. This one I do care about. I'm really, really excited for this game. Um, This is going to be so intense. Everything on the line. Again, another elimination final. We'll probably lose another team this week if one of these teams does lose. (laughs) 
really don't. Same as Hawthorne Geelong, I really don't know the way I'm going to tip this one. I'm leaning towards Melbourne. Can we just quote that? We will probably lose another team if another team loses. AFL by dummies, people. <laughs> what do you think you signed up for when you clicked on it? Fair enough. Um, by dummies for less dummies. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Sydney to win for me. Man, you're having an ambitious week in your tips, aren't you? Who knows? Maybe next in the next game, you might even tip Carlton to be Fremantle. <laughs> no. 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 Carlton will not be Fremantle. Uh, of any of the games here, despite the fact that um, Richmond is playing Gold Coast, and I'm sure Richmond will beat Gold Coast, that is the one I'm most confident in. Fremantle okay. will beat Carlton. Yeah, but the you know what I'm also confident? The scoreboard's going to be like 72 to 38. I think that Fremantle might actually rest some players... And by that, instead of like leaving out their their guns, instead they just send out 12 players and see if they can beat Carlton with that. Yeah. In which the answer is probably yes. And see if their remaining players can dig their teeth in. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we end the show for this week. <laughs> it's been another epic week. We haven't got that many left. Uh, three weeks after this and then finals. Are you excited? Yeah. Like I said, it's August right now. Uh, September's really close. And the way it's heating up for finals, you just don't know what's going to happen could be carnage in that first week or two in September. We're going to lose some really good sides. I think over the next month, we're going to lose a lot of sides. I think there's still mathematically 12 sides in it. Yeah, technically Essendon and Adelaide can make it, but they're just as good as gone. Yeah, so probably lose a whole bunch of sides over the next month. I'll be very excited to see who. Um, We now got a Twitter page because... I wanted to try and start some beef with Riley Beveridge, who's not responding, Riley. Come on. What else do you have to do better with your life? Write factual pieces that don't have any opinions in them? No. Come on. Come at me, bro. What is this? Ugh. Anyway. You should be doing punching down. <laughs> that it's was almost... impromptu, and that was all right. <laughs> Mine's... Again, again, we might... You, you might, in the future, hear of a segment that involves some kind of beef on the show. We don't... We don't... Workshopping it. Um... But in I'm the meantime, looking forward to that if that happens. Yeah. In the meantime, go follow us on Twitter so we can get some retweets, so we can get Riley Beveridge and anybody else that we go after. This week it'll probably be what Gillan McLaughlin. Yeah. I reckon we have a bit of a go at Gill. Something needs to be done. I don't even know what you were complaining about, but something needs to be done so, about the AFLW. Oh yeah, that definitely. That, 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 something actually. Needs <laughs> something to be. actually needs to be done about that. Yeah. Because that um, was just stupid. So go follow us on Twitter, go follow us on Facebook, do all of the things. Um, we need a hashtag, like, I don't know. What about hashtag punching down? Bev. Sorry? How about just hashtag punching down? Yeah, that works. <laughs> but, like, you know all those catchy ones, it's like, hashtag, I don't know, farmer for a palmer. A farmer for a farmer. <laughs> you- Come in and buy a farmer and we'll give a dollar to a palmer. <laughs> I thought you were feeding the farmer to the palmer. <laughs> it's like the life cycles finally compete. Anyways, um, yes, please do follow us on Twitter and help us out there because you never know if you help us out there it might actually contribute to the show. And I, this is this is I'd argue the the most genuine I'd ever been about people wanting to interact with this show. Not because I actually care about whether or not you listen to us, but because if you retweet our stuff, we can genuinely piss off these people, and that is my ultimate goal in life. And if we get them to listen to what we've said, like, we're, we've made fair points as well. It's totally like punching down isn't, like, completely out of proportion or anything. Yeah, and it's definitely not like it's one person just beating up on everyone. <laughs> Anyway, we also, we also have a Facebook page, so go follow us there as well. And on um, iTunes. Yeah. 
leave a review, preferably five, but you know, if it's two, I'll take that as well. Um, but from us here at AFL by Dummies, my name's Alex Henry. My name's Chuck. Goodbye. <laughs>